Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today we are joined by Emily and Mike McIntyre, and we're excited. This is our this is our first outing <laughs> as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, so we're out in Portland at the moment, where they have their business here. Mm-hmm. And you want to give a little uh, introduction to those listening to who Emily and Mike are. And I know about Dominion Catalyst uh, Coffee. What do you guys want to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, when did we first meet you, Paul? It was a long time ago. Yeah, that's a good question. I want to Paul say twenty. Four, oh, you met yeah, at that coffee four science years ago, seminar, Four and a half right? years ago. Coffee yeah. chemistry. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. That's right. You sat next to me and we great. talked about organic acids and so mm-hmm. forth. Wow. And it's a great beginning to any relationship. Walked off into the sunset. <laughs> That's right. I don't remember the. I remember it was snowing. I don't remember the sunset. <laughs> well, shortly thereafter, you went to Ethiopia together. That's oh. right. Yeah, no. that was a highlight. I, I never thought I'd go to Ethiopia, but uh, you offered that, uh, and uh, and for some reason my boss said yes. And <laughs> before I knew it, I was having shots and all sorts of. And I was there. I was in Ethiopia. It's like, wow, this is a dream come true. You know what? Wow. What's funny is I, I actually never thought I'd go to Ethiopia either. Is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. 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 you've been to Ethiopia too. Yeah, we've lived over there. Yes. Um, yeah. And I've been back and forth. First question we had was, how did you guys get involved with Ethiopian coffee? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think um, every, every coffee professional and every uh, coffee enthusiast has, uh, you know, a love story uh, with coffee. And for most of us... Um, who get into coffee, uh, a lot of, uh, or maybe not most of us, but a lot of us, uh, that sort of epiphany moment is with an Ethiopian coffee. I would, I would probably say most, most usually with a natural processed Ethiopian coffee. Crazy fruit and uh, ah. beautiful floral character. You know, a lot of people kind of say, wow, I did not realize coffee could do this mm-hmm. uh, or coffee could uh, have this type of experience. So for, I think for every coffee uh, professional, there's um, sort of a sacred place in, uh, in your heart for Ethiopia. How, how we actually got into Ethiopia, I was working for a, a small company that was based in Kansas City, Missouri. I get a call randomly from this guy and he said, um, hey, you don't know me, but uh, I've been hearing a lot about you. Uh, So we had a conversation, and uh, we sat down and we talked about what we both did and what we were both passionate about. (laughs) That night, he invited me to Ethiopia, told Emily uh, that I was going to go to Ethiopia. (laughs) I remember that. What was your response? Cool. (laughs) Fine by me. (laughs) And really, fast forward three or four months, and he was in Ethiopia. And um, it was so cool the way this built because, you know, we started Catalyst as a way to work together in coffee. Both of us had developed separate expertise, Mm. um, separate skill sets, and um, we wanted a way to bring those together. Possibly work with the same people, but at least, um, you know, it's the the dream of having some independence Mm. and the ability to kind of set your own schedule. We... Um, one of our core values as a family is keeping our daughter, Arrow, with us mm-hmm. uh, as much as possible. Is she here today? She is. She's uh, right next to us. Michael went to Ethiopia with Mike and um, was really deeply impacted, as one tends to be. Mm. One is even remotely a uh, spiritual or deep-thinking uh, person when one goes to Ethiopia. Mm. And it, things Paul built from there. Paul was there, actually, yeah. 
Yeah. Did you yeah. go on that first trip with him? Yeah, you were there. Was that the was first that the trip? Fifth? It wasn't mm -hmm. the first trip. That was the, that first, was the first, first one. Trip. Yeah. I didn't realize mm -hmm. that. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought you came the next year. Well, so did I. There we go. <laughs> Paul's been there from the very beginning. Yeah. Wow. I had no wow. idea. And at the time, we also worked with um, clients and um, people in Colombia and Peru and Nicaragua and Cameroon. And wow. I worked with the Alliance for Coffee Excellence. And Caravan was one of my mm -hmm. clients at that time. That's right. Um, with quite a number of people. Um, but over the years, especially once um, Michael began to spend more time working into the role of sourcing and, and quality director with Dominion Trading, mm -hmm. investing in the lives and training of people like Zelly, who I know that we'll get to talking about, um, and other people in Ethiopia. And then especially um, once we began to work with Ethiopians as clients, mm. um, and then we moved our entire family there. Oh, that's right. And basically it's just been, I guess, falling down this glorious Ethiopian rabbit hole. And about um, two years ago, we made the decision to work only in Ethiopian coffee. You mentioned I'm not very good with names, oh. as Mike would attest to when I was an Ethiopian. <laughs> they, must have, they would make large jokes and say names that were made up, I think. Ah. <laughs> Just to make me think, I don't know them, do I? No, you don't actually. Oh my gosh. But I do remember two names. One is Zilli yeah. and one is Aaron. Well, um, Zilli and Aaron have worked with our client, Dominion Trading, for many years. Do you yeah. want to tell a little bit about yeah. your relationship with Zilli? Aaron has been the, uh, the driver um, I can't express enough how uh, how hard he works to help uh, facilitate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we're when we're with groups, when we're with larger groups, uh, coffee buyers, um, he's right there. You know, helping us set up and tear down cuppings. Well, um, he's you should have seen this amazing setup. He came up with us for a cupping in Galulcha recently where there was one single piece of an electrical wire wow. that was strung about 50 feet <laughs> and connected to another through a tangle of wires <laughs> and eventually reached a generator. <laughs> and this is what fueled our um, hot water tower um, wow. for the cupping that we held in this remote village of Harar. And that was, that was Aron's baby. He, he managed to jury rig that. It was amazing. Zilly. What's his role then? Because I, I assumed I, he seems more involved with Dominion, yes, am I right? Yes, he's a yeah. Dominion um, And what's employee. that mean? What's, he is what's Dominion's relationships manager okay. and um, quality uh, processing oversight. So in, in the off season, which is like right now in Ethiopia, um, Zelly travels to washing station sites, talks with farmers, learns about their needs, sets the stage for the upcoming harvest, talks about processing. Um, when the season kicks in, Zelly oversees making sure that um, all the processes that we have stipulated are adhered to. Mm. He's the one who personally pulls samples from every single bag of coffee at every single mm. stage. How many bags would that be, oh, approximately? Thousands. Mm. Thousands, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of well, coffee. And how many farms is he traveling? Is it quite, I mean, it sounds all like All over Ethiopia. And these farms, I mean, <laughs> taking a lot to get there. Yeah. Sounds very isolated. What are these farms like? If this is a coffee farm, oh, is it, is it, is, is it, ele is it electricity? Well oh, they are. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah, no there, electricity. There's, a, there's no. a little bit of electricity at, at some. Yeah, I mean, there would be some, some farms, at yeah. various points, but not So they do more the, the natural dry process more than wet or what, what, yeah. what does well, it look like? Well, they have to collect the cherries. And, yes. you know, we thought it was hard for us to get to those farms, but these farmers are carrying their cherries down the mountain wow. to Minatucha yes. to be collected. But for the most part, uh, 
It's all natural processed coffee. I'm very intrigued about washed Harar coffees, especially the coffees that, that we work with with these producers. I think it would be very fascinating. Hmm. What's typical in Harar that you say you'd be very fascinated with washed? Well, there's not an abundance of water. Mm -hmm. uh, nor are there the central, as Michael was saying, there's not a central washing station structure like in much else in other parts of Ethiopia, like or for even, example, Yergachefe. Or yes. even, uh, you know, there are dry mills. Uh, they're called hulling stations for the most part. So it's uh, pretty much natural processed coffee mm -hmm. out of Harar. Yeah, I remember, the, I don't know where we were, you'll remember where it was, but I remember us stopping by yeah. the side of the road, going yeah. like just across, like it wasn't a fence, but we went up into this very small little area and this guy was so excited about his coffee, and it was you know it was I don't know, half a hectare I don't know what yeah, it was, yeah. but he had plants there that were he was growing. He was so excited. He had this little plantation. I mean, little plantation, <laughs> and here here was his coffee. And I don't know how much coffee was he then taking up the road to the the mill. Yeah, that was in Kochera district. Okay, it was uh, a, a producer that delivers cherries to uh, Rekokoba washing station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much coffee would he process and take mm. for that little? I mean, how are we talking like yeah. four buckets? Yeah, um, the equivalent but of he, maybe he had quite a quite a lot of cherries, um, quite a few trees on that little farm. I, I think we we determined he produces around five bags. Wow. Okay. Um, of of coffee cherries. Those workers there, what's their life like? They sound very happy. They sound very mm. pleased that you were there. I'm thinking the workers who come, what do they do when there's no coffee? I mean, what's their life like? Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, Frankly, a that's great something we're still learning. Mm -hmm. We have been welcomed in, but we visit during the harvest. Right. So there are times when we are not around. How, how long is the harvest? I'm just... In Harar specifically? Yeah, where you were there, yes. It starts as early as uh, early November sometimes mm -hmm. and goes as late as late January sometimes. Okay. So, then, so then you're talking about the rest of the year, what do they well, do? These well, these people these, are farmers. Yeah, these, right. so in this particular area. That, right. In this particular area, and this is kind of what distinguishes many Harar coffee farmers from other areas of Ethiopia from other producers in other areas. Um, they are generationally agronomists. Mm -hmm. You know, they have um, usually a, a small farm in this particular district will be about five hectares. Mm. Now, a large farm large. is usually gonna be around 12 hectares. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're actually talking about of coffee. Mm -hmm. On top of coffee, they have teff, onions, wheat, beans, uh, beans. Wow. yeah. So these are, uh, these are really agriculturalists mm -hmm. who have an entire farm ecology to manage. Mm -hmm. um, so they're looking at the, the life of their farm really in 20 years at a time. Wow. It's really special to get to work with these, these people because mm -hmm their perspective is much more long-term mm -hmm. um, and um, centered on nurturing and growing their holdings. And their, um, they are thinking of their sons, the way that they're going to be dividing the land among their sons. Um, I'd love to say sons and daughters, but it's, a, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just not the way that things mm -hmm. get divided. Um, and so versus other parts of Ethiopia where it's much less that way, um, you see fences. 
beautiful fences. You see um, cows that have gleaming um, sides. You can't see their ribs. You see well-fed animals, in other words. Mm. And um, it's really cool to work with that type of producer. Mm. Um, every part of Ethiopia is different and has different practices, and some are more nomadic than others. Mm -hmm. Some have, are more deeply rooted to the land. And so mm. for us, it's constantly a learning process, mm -hmm. too, as we see these cultural differences. And if they're farming coffee, then doing those other ones as well through the year, who do they sell that to? They sell it locally, or whatever locally is? Yeah, um, or that may be just my mindset. They've got to sell it to someone. Well, they, yeah, not... they have to sell it. It's a cash crop, but they also use it for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, like for example, um, a lot of places, not in not in Harar, but they'll they'll use the byproducts. Like for example, the the inset, um, they'll use that to feed their livestock. So it's kind of a cycle mm -hmm. on the farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in in Harar, inset is mostly used for uh, feeding cattle. In uh, other parts of Ethiopia, particularly Gediozone, uh, NSET is a very mineral-rich food source for people. Mm -hmm. In Sadama, we had it uh, ground up and fermented for breakfast, the root, the wanza. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. NSET. I was going to say, one of the things I'm curious about is, I, you know, looking from here into Ethiopia, we have this perspective of coffee. What is, in Ethiopia, what is their perspective of Ethiopian coffee <laughs> as it goes out to the world? Great question. Well, they are rightfully so proud of their yeah. coffee. They are so proud of their mm. natural product, national product. We try to bring um, coffees from other cultures in so that they can taste like Guatemalan coffee versus Ethiopian coffee because like most producing countries, it's very difficult to what's, get. What's mm. the response to that? Uh, they don't like it. They don't, don't like it. They prefer Ethiopian coffee. Generally, it depends on the coffee yeah. person. It depends on the coffee. Um, it's, it's funny, yeah. Our friend Zelly really enjoys tasting <laughs> mm -hmm. other yeah. coffee cultures. A lot of times, Colombian coffee is well-received. Kenyan coffees. Kenyan coffee, they're kind of well like, well, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> One time we had this <laughs> Guatemalan coffee. Oh, it's which so was fun to good, do blind cupping. Which is a good, yes. which mm. is good Guatemalan coffee. It was, it was a good coffee, uh, and we helped. Also had some Peru. And it was funny. <laughs> On the cupping table, everybody was like, I don't like this coffee. It, this uh, tastes like low-grown coffee. It tastes like Bebeka. <laughs> Bebeka. It's like, you know, very low altitude, <laughs> low-density beans. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it is interesting because you, you have this uh, veritable cornucopia of coffee type and flavor profiles in Ethiopia. So you, you do actually have some, some regions of Ethiopia which are a little bit more like you know, cereal grain in, in flavor profile. Mm -hmm. um, Less desirable on the cupping table. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> but still, there's what, a home for that coffee. Certainly not what we would, we tend to classify as like that characteristic Ethiopian. But another piece of the puzzle with Ethiopian coffee is how deeply a part of the Ethiopian culture it is. Mm. It could be argued even more than those of us here in the United States where mm -hmm. we drink a cup of coffee almost every morning. Mm -hmm. Usually there's coffee in boardrooms and kitchens and camping. Um, it's a huge part of our cultural rituals. But in Ethiopia, um, it could be argued even more so. Mm -hmm. The Buna ritual, the coffee ritual, I know, Paul, you've partaken. Um, it's a beautiful series of movements that takes place. It's very olfactory. Frankincense is usually burned in front of the Buna preparer. There's um, coffee that's toasted in a skillet over coals, and um, then it's ground, usually with, often with a stick. Hmm. Um, and then multiple infusions of water 
It's a good Speaking sound. Of coffee. It's a good sound. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and then this is often enjoyed several times a day. Wow. It's actually a little hard to get work done there um, <laughs> because it seems like every time we get steam up, uh, we're stopping for Buna. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is great. Which is great. Um, so there are variations of the theme throughout Ethiopia. Every different region of Ethiopia has little different um, ways of practicing Buna ceremony. There is often popcorn that's popped um, and sugared. I love the sugared popcorn. Sugar. Oh, it's so good. Um, often it's popped in this like the same skillet, you know. Mm. Um, and then there are spiritual aspects of this. Um, in different parts of Ethiopia, the smoke um, is an offering to various local deities. Mm. Um, there's so much more research to be done on that. But yeah. the truth is that the Ethiopian coffee ceremony and the way that coffee is consumed throughout Ethiopia is such a huge part of the national identity mm -hmm. um, that as an export product, it's also one of the largest commodities that's exported. So it's just, it's a huge piece yeah. of Ethiopian pride and psyche. We are so lucky to be a part of it yes. in Ethiopia. Would, so Buna, understand that and that I when being there I remember thinking wow this is that's a special thing all in itself I mean we'd stop even along the roadside at a cafe mm -hmm. and they'd be doing the ceremony there you get to your hotel there'd be another ceremony yeah. there it's like wow um is that how typical Ethiopians they wake up in the morning in Addis for instance Zilli whoever Aaron they wake up how would they typically have their coffee would they go to a coffee shop would they make it themselves what, both what they, well both? Generally, the women do the Buna ceremonies. Um, we're not yet talking about a gender equal culture here, <laughs> but it's also very special. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much pride in being a good Buna maker. It's mm -hmm. really cool to see. So Zeli's wife, Tigist, mm -hmm. is one of the most remarkable Buna makers that we've ever seen. Her hospitality is glowing. Mm -hmm. They have a lovely little apartment, and Tigist um, has her own set of Buna implements. And now, mm -hmm. Um, she, she and Zelly also make um, coffee the American way. We've left various pour-over devices, and Zelly takes a lot of pride in, in making coffee now, too. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> we always bring Kalita filters when we come because they're impossible to, to find in Ethiopia. I Believe found, us, we, yeah. uh, we traveled the entire city of Addis going from grocery store to grocery mm -hmm. store looking for filters. I found one filters. package of filters that, that could be used, and that, wow. was, that was the only set of filters that I And there was no indication as to them. when they would be replaced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some foreign oddity. The cone uh, might work well there, so you don't have to replace it. Yeah. I do that. No, nope, it's good thinking. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's, it's a big part of the... So one of... And actually, a friend of ours, Girma, who we spent about four months with, he was our daily um, driver. So he actually would pick us up in the mornings and take us where we needed to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then he'd hang out. He'd play with Era or read. He was an inveterate self-educator. Mm -hmm. um, and then he would drive us wherever we needed to go. He's an awesome friend. Anyway, he um, took a lot of pride in making Buna for his entire neighborhood. And when we shared with him some coffee samples from the laboratory and um, gave him a brewing device and a hand grinder, he started to make uh, red coffee, as he called it. <laughs> his friends would say, what are you making, tea? And he'd say, taste it. And soon the entire neighborhood was hooked on this new <laughs> wow. style of Whoa. light roasted, slightly less intense, um, oh, red wow. coffee. Uh, so really, Ethiopian coffee culture is shifting and changing, and it's mm. so cool to be a part of watching this happen. It was awesome, too, because uh, Germay would uh, join us. For, uh, <laughs> oh, man, that always, guy has a palette yeah, on him. Yeah. We, 
you know, we always love just inviting people to, to participate in, in what we're doing. Um, it's so fun, you know. Mm. And it's and, also part of, you know, our, it's really special because in Ethiopia it's pretty difficult to get into the position of a professional cupper. You have to have certain mm. diplomas, certain check marks. Um, so yeah, it's to, really... To gain a, to gain a, a certificate from Clue. The Central Liquoring yeah. Unit, mm -hmm. which is the yeah. quality control yeah, you actually arm have of the to have a, Coffee and Tea Authority. You actually have to have a, a college diploma or college certificate. So, wow, that necessarily excludes yeah. a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been really special to get to invite people mm -hmm. to come cup with us yeah. and um, to learn from them too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how they approach the coffee their own coffee, the Ethiopian coffee, or coffee, you know, everybody has their own opinion in Ethiopia about which coffee's best. <laughs> Zeli's mother-in-law, whenever we drive through Alita Wando, it's so funny. Zeli is a coffee professional <laughs> who personally oversees hundreds of samples a year mm -hmm. of the highest grade coffee mm -hmm. to yeah. exit Ethiopia. I mean, this guy has access to the best of the best every year <laughs> in Ethiopia. And at the end of the season, you know, he, he could do what he wants with those samples, really. You know, once everything's, um, we just keep reference samples, and otherwise it's like there's a lot of coffee there. But every time we drive through this town of Alita Wando, he stops, and in this particular roadside shop, he bargains for local market coffee from Alita Wando for his mother-in-law. <laughs> and, you know, grouches about how much it costs. And uh, he'll bring kilos of coffee in these clear plastic bags to his mother-in-law in Otis, and she sorts through it, hand cleans it, wow. and resells it at an upcharge to her friends. Oh, it's a wow. Wando coffee. Whoa. <laughs> wow. I remember also that. <laughs> we tease him unmercilessly about that. <laughs> and yet, every time uh, we go through Alita Wando, stop, just, I don't, I need to stop here. You take all this amazing coffee that you have. From, but yeah. nobody wants that. They want the coffee that they want, which is from Alita Wando. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's really wow. cool. Everyone's got very strong personal mm -hmm. preferences. It's just, so know, we see this like on anywhere, the cupping table. Just like anywhere in the world, you know, mm -hmm. everybody, everybody has a coffee preference. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Actually, cupping, it's interesting, I haven't thought of it before, but Buna, the ceremony of coffee there in Ethiopia, it's got a similarity to cupping. I don't know if it, probably cupping might come from that in some ways. Oh, with the open cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah just the way it's done and the ceremony that goes with it and the thought that goes with it. Mm. I remember also, driving we did a lot of driving in Ethiopia yeah you have to you, and you stop somewhere and I was surprised almost every place we went they had a lever espresso machine mm. yes what coffee would they use and why did they have lever machines a great point that goes through Ethiopian history uh, 1930 to 1934, the Italians occupied Ethiopia. I know she used the, the word occupied. Kicked <laughs> the Italians' asses and knocked them out of Ethiopia. <laughs> wow. This is still a matter of national pride, although I will say that um, I think there's a remarkable and wonderful cultural interchange still between Italy and uh, Ethiopia. In fact, one of our favorite restaurants in Ethiopia is an Italian-Ethiopian restaurant. <coughs> um, so yeah, that's a, that's a heritage there, uh, the espresso preparation. Hmm. It's directly handed And would they down. use only Ethiopian coffee in their espresso machines? Or yeah. That, yeah that's wow. Again, yeah. For example, wow. in the village of Daye, um, there's, that's a propane run um, mm -hmm. lever espresso machine, right? Yeah. And they um, roast mm. and grind coffee in advance and keep it in a tin. And then um, pack the pucks with a spoon. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah. And um, wow. steam the milk and create macchiatos. It's very common to get mm -hmm. a style of a macchiato almost anywhere in Ethiopia. Wow. Um, or espresso. Mm. Espresso. And then there's something uh, called a spritz. That's uh, what's called a chai, which is kind of a spiced tea, a little bit like a non-milky chai mm -hmm. uh, from India. Um, and then it's got a shot of espresso in the beverages in Ethiopia, hmm. not just coffee, are mm -hmm. really, really rich yeah, and exciting. Juices. Oh, fresh juices. Oh, yes. oh. You remember those? Yes, you I do. the strawberry <laughs> juices, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess as we're wrapping up, what's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I told you this would be hard to keep, keep sure. Um, what's, what's, maybe not, maybe start to take one, but what's a takeaway that you guys have from Ethiopia that, that people should know or that you think is worthwhile mentioning? Well, it is a little cliched, but I think we are one and we are not the same. We get to carry each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, wouldn't you say that's our biggest takeaway as human beings? We can't overlook cultural differences. They're mm. part of what make us special and they're part of how we honor each other yeah. by acknowledging and respecting cultural tradition. And then we also have a cultural exchange, which is part of how we grow as humans and become more than ourselves. Michael and I and Era and our friends who've come with us have been incredibly lucky to immerse ourselves as much as possible in Ethiopian culture. Um, we've made a number of sacrifices to do that, and those sacrifices are seen and recognized by our Ethiopian friends who mm -hmm. have granted us trust mm -hmm. as we've given them trust. Constantly, our hearts are the boundaries are broken down and we get bigger. And we have to get more and more practical about what that means because um, we're in business and we're trying to help mm -hmm. ourselves and other people um, do better business. I think that's the takeaway. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. We're all the same mm -hmm. and we're very different yeah, and well, that's really amazing. I have a question on sort of the takeaway, no it's not a takeaway. It may be diverging a, a secret actually. Where we are right now in Mount <laughs> Tabor, um, I see a whole lot of Ethiopian coffee on that side over there, oh, yeah. which means you've got a lot of work ahead of you, I know, to sample all that. Can you give us any tidbits of you think this one's going to be a good year for this particular coffee oh, in Ethiopia? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll let Michael take that. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, I have my opinion. Yeah. I'll get your opinion too, please. We as an industry, I mean, so much is happening right now. You know, you have the Coffee Varieties book that was uh, compiled by Getu Begali and... Uh, and uh, Tim Hill. You have the Q uh, putting out the coffee atlas. There is a lot, and, and you have the, the liberated coffee movement in Ethiopia. Heck, you've got a new prime minister who looks like he's gonna do amazing work in Ethiopia. And, and who, wow. has, uh, who has promised to study coffee. He said, I don't know coffee. He's, he's had a lot of experience in uh, other industries, but he said, I don't know coffee, I will study coffee, and I will find, I will work with professionals to find solutions. We're so excited about that. That's this. fantastic. So there is a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, and a lot of inspiration happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's amazing because the, uh, <laughs> well, our friend's name, Zeli. The Zalalem is his, is his full Ethiopian name. Zalalem Germa. His name means forever. Hmm. And I think that's a beautiful representation of Ethiopia. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, There's an endless hope yeah. that you see everywhere in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable 
hope in the face of any obstacles, mm. trust that God will provide, mm. and my neighbor will be there for me when I need him. And we see that in every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. We can learn a lot mm. from our friends in Ethiopia. So the coffees? So the coffees, you know, <laughs> <laughs> tying that into coffee, uh, you see that, that spirit in different districts, you know, like uh, in Andaracha. Mm. Who, uh, whose coffee molded because, uh, because we couldn't get it out of the farm and washing station in time before the, the opposition struck and the road to Jimmo was closed. It was a single road. But the, the producers are like, they're their planning responses, for next year. Their response is, it's okay. Hmm. Next year will be better, God willing. Um, so we're committed to making it a better year any way we can. Mm -hmm. In Rekokoba, 2017, the rains did not come in that small microclimate. And that it happened in other microclimates throughout Gedeo Zone as well. Coffee cherries were not ripening on the trees. Rekokoba washing station was not able to produce coffee this year. And you know, we're talking about a, a washing station that produced four containers worth of coffee last year. And, uh, and whose coffee uh, some of our customers competed in national competitions with in Europe and in the United States. Mm -hmm. Some amazing coffees, some of the best coffees out of Ethiopia. And uh, this year, um, just by no fault of anybody's, it, it's impossible to mm. produce. And everybody's attitude and, and spirit is like, it's okay. God willing, next year will be better. In, in terms of, of what is happening I think as a buildup of excitement and spirit in the industry, we have not even begun to scratch the surface in discovering what the possibilities are. But the possibilities already are amazing. Yes. Can you talk a little about our <laughs> yeah, excitements this year with absolutely. coffees? This year, um, several communities that we work in have been working very hard for the past few years. Several communities were able to achieve uh, NOP, JAS, organic certifications, uh, and even a couple of small communities have been able to achieve CAFE practices, which is a very rigorous set of uh, protocols to follow. Uh, coffee and farmer equity is what it uh, stands for. A very amazing program that offers a lot of opportunities. And these coffees are just blowing us away on the cupping table. Mm -hmm. And actually, we have a number of our roasters who've submitted them for various awards. So we're wow. really excited. This year, we think, um, is going to be huge for these producing communities to see. I think a lot of awards are going to come through um, honoring their hard work. And yeah. the coffees are brilliant on the cupping table, mm -hmm. yeah. just astonishing us. Um, mm. You know, in terms of what coffees are, are standout. Coffees that are standout this year, it's hard to, to choose some favorites, but the Andaracha that, that we had earlier that unfortunately didn't make it out of the farm. Yeah, that, that coffee was beautiful. I think that Sadama coffees, particularly coffees out of, actually, there, there's, there are classifications Sadama A and Sadama B. Uh, Sadama B, which makes up like your Gollum, Dale, Hunkute. Those are probably my favorite coffees in general. Uh, Leda Wando. And we're working, we're working with another farmer who uh, we're just starting to establish some, uh, some cool projects. Uh, we don't have his coffee this year, <laughs> but, but we're planning next year. We should next year. <laughs> um, but other than that, 
this is probably the best year in general of Ethiopian coffees Ooh. that I've ever experienced. And, and really, I thought last year was that. <laughs> and this year, even with some of those disappointments, mm. this year is really topping last year's quality. Coffees out of the Bensa district are stunning. Specifically, well, the Bensa and Chire districts, coffee out of West Arsi, which has historically been classified as a Sadama type coffee. But it's really, it, in the next, in the coming years, we will see West Arsi distinguished as its own growing zone hmm. uh, and no longer tied to the Sadama name. Wow. I, I really believe that. And that's non-Sabo coffees. We've had non-Sabo coffees uh, that we've been working with, particular producer who was the manager of Shantagolba Cooperative in the Bensa District. But he's from West RC and he, he had an opportunity to, uh, to get funding to finance his own washing station. And uh, we've been able to work with him. He's no stranger to quality. Shantagolba is an absolutely wonderful uh, cooperative. Mm. And uh, he was the quality manager originally. So coffees, I, I think this year, the best coffees are from Sadama. There you go. Sadama. Oh, my. Yeah. Sadama uh, and West Arcee. Sadama and West Arcee. Yeah. You heard it from the horse's mouth here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not, it's not to take anything away from the stunning coffees mm. that can be found outside of Sadama, but this year in particular, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. And to top last year, even. It's, wow. To top last it's year. It's just getting yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, th thank you so much for, for joining us today. And um, If people want to kind of catch up on what you guys are doing, what are the best places to to plug in or catalyst is a good place to catch yeah. what you guys are doing and yeah catalystcoffeeconsulting.com and uh instagram at catalyst.coffee instagram is a good place um we're really active usually during harvest seasons and then need to be more active at other times um we do a number of public cuppings every year um, every summer we do a kind of cupping tour and um we are always at the sea trade events um we also um, write occasionally for publications like Daily Coffee News about what we work on, and we have a blog at CatalystCoffeeConsulting.com um, that is occasionally updated with extremely long-winded and awesome articles. I agree. I mean, they're a little long, but they are extremely good. Thank you. Extremely good. <laughs> that would be uh, the wonderful, detailed brain of my partner in crime here. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. and Thank just you. Thank us. you awesome amount of just insight into Ethiopian coffee and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I, would, sure I, would also, I would also add, I just appreciate your friendship too, you, Michael mm -hmm. and Emily and Era over there. She won't be able to hear me probably, but uh, <laughs> it's been good to know you and continue to know you. Likewise. I, That's I, I can hear you. That's